Hey everybody, welcome to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, we are glad to have you guys here today. Uh, I'm going to see if I can say podcast, Microsoft, Microsoft Podcast two more times. Um, <laughs> I am your co-host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host. Rick Backus. Yeah, and uh, we have a jam-packed podcast for you. We have tons of news to talk about. We also have a great interview that we want to uh, share with you guys. So uh, we are glad you're sitting in, buckling in for this podcast today. Yeah, uh, our first topic, like Kareem hinted at, is a chat with a w- Windows Insider MVP. His name is Florian. Um, you guys probably heard, saw one or two of his tweets at one point or another because he's uh, well-known in the community and he's always tweeting about Microsoft and he's just like Kareem and myself. He's a mega Microsoft fan. So we're looking forward to chatting with him. Yeah, and then uh, we also will be talking about Surface stuff. We have our spring event recap. Uh, we also have some information about new Surface stuff that's coming out as well. And then our third topic uh, is one that is a little bit of controversial, maybe, I think, uh, depending on, on how you look at it, because um, I saw the headlines, Microsoft is killing off Windows timeline, but uh, it's not true. There are some changes coming to Windows Timeline, though, and that is our third topic. And we'll just uh, speed you through some changes that you need to know about. Yeah, then we got Edge uh, Edge News, which is a big event. Uh, we got Edge version 90 coming out, brought some new things with it, um, uh, particularly the kids mode. Uh, and then I believe you had an interview uh, or talked with some people about yep. uh, that as well, that we can kind of glean some information from that and see what you know what to kind of expect. Uh, and then our last one of, of the topic news, which is a purchase. Purchase of? Nuance, right? Yes. What is this uh, nuance and why is it so important? That is what we're going to talk about. We're going to get into that because before <laughs> they bought them, I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know you love talking about Week Ahead. So what do we have planned for the Week Ahead? Yeah, we have an amazing review, uh, which is, uh, I think you got some hardware, which you know is always fun to, to talk about in the Week Ahead, which is a Dell UltraShock 38 uh, curved USB-C hub monitor uh, review that should be, I believe it's already up on the site. So we can kind of, uh, or is it, or did you do your first impressions? No, I did not do anything with it yet. It's so awesome that I'm just like basking oh, so in the I, th- glory. I think you mentioned it on Twitter then. Yeah, I have it like sitting on my desk and I've been <laughs> testing it. But yeah, for the week ahead, I'm going to be do- doing my full review of the Dell UltraSharp 38 curved USB-C hub monitor. Yeah, whew, that was a mouthful. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, they got a better <laughs> naming. Then we got our Edge 91 Final Dev Branch build uh, should be, I believe, rolling out uh, next week. Yep. And then also some more news about Microsoft Flight Simulator as well. All right. With that being said, let's jump right into this interview because time is wasted. <laughs> All right. So for our first segment here on the On Podcast, we have a Windows Insider MVP. His name is uh, Florian. And if you guys are very active on Twitter, you might have seen one or two of Florian's tweets once in a while because he's always poking around and looking for new things in Office and in Windows. And he's a very active uh, Windows insider. And he's uh, also a tech podcaster and a very big Microsoft fan. He's just like me and Kareem, basically. He's a big advocate for Microsoft and Microsoft products. And uh, it's a pleasure to have Florian here on the podcast. And um, we'll get started here with our first question, which is... uh, I mentioned you're a Windows Insider MVP, but what exactly is a Windows Insider MVP and how can you become one? Well, um, before the Windows Insider MVP program, 
there was the Microsoft MVP program. So it was a thing where they would look for people, ambassadors, uh, fans, enthusiasts, all kinds of people, really. And the idea was to, uh, to uh, make them ambassadors of the company and its product. And uh, you would give them uh, access to early products, information, uh, stuff like that. Of course, all of this is under NDA, so you, do, you, you, have, you are not allowed to talk about it in public or in podcast, which is sometimes a bit uh, annoying, <laughs> but we have to do with it. <laughs> we have to sign, you know, a 15-page NDA, so <laughs> they are very wow. serious about that. And a few years back, they expand, extended the program to Windows Insiders as well. So basically, they, um, to get into the program, you need to get a nomination. So you either can nominate yourself or someone else can nominate you. For me, it was another uh, insider uh, that nominated me. And so Microsoft asked me what I had been doing Microsoft-related in the last year. So I talked about my uh, Twitter account, Reddit, uh, forum, the French pod pod podcast I'm part on, the few Windows videos we, we put on YouTube once in a while. And well, uh, a few months later, I got a letter that I was uh, accepted. And so I've been an insider for the last, uh, oh, sorry, an MVP for the last two months now. So still new. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. It's, a, it's really amazing to be recognized by Microsoft like that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing because when I created my Twitter account, like for, it was uh, six, seven years ago, you know, for for at least two years, I I had less than ten followers, you know, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it takes it takes a while, and suddenly it feels like it goes faster and faster and faster, you know, it's kind of a. Well, it's, it's crazy. Like you'll see like one person, or maybe like a, a Microsoft account will follow you. And then all of their friends start to like, oh, who, why are they following this guy? And then all of a sudden you're like, you wake up one morning, you're like, I got 200 extra people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm from. You, you know, Jen, gentleman, uh, she sometimes likes yeah. my post. And every time she does like one of my posts, I get a few more followers, you know, kind of because it just pops up. It's she's funny. pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I go to her for, for all this. She's like the sticker queen. Like whenever we meet for Ignite and stuff like that, she has tons of stickers. So. For those of you who uh, want followers, follow her. And if you want stickers, follow <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, she's amazing. So for our uh, second question, I know you just talked about the uh, Windows Insider MVP program and how you got to that. But can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey and what you do and what's going on in your life? Yeah, so, well, I'm French, so sorry about the terrible French accent. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> No, so, it's classy. Uh, like uh, again, all Americans are suckers for accents. So yeah, the more the, the more the better. So I was born in uh, Calais. I don't know if you know it. It's in uh, northern France. It's uh, right in front of the UK. So you know, there's a channel tunnel between France and the UK. Well, this is the UK, and Calais is on the other side. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a computer club in the middle school I went to in the mid '90s. And, uh, you know, it was very old machine, even from back then, mostly uh, 386, 486. So uh, for <laughs> those who are too young to have known this, those were the first 30-bit uh, computer. And uh, most of them were with uh, MS-DOS and Windows 3. But, you know, well, of course, it was uh, what we used in, the, in that era. And uh, I do remember, you know, using those things for the first time. And, and the teacher who was managing the club, he told us, you know, you type, uh, you type win, you know, W, I, N, and you type enter. 
And then <laughs> it, pops. it just pops, you know, Windows 3 popped up on its desktop and everything. And, and uh, you know, it felt a bit magical, you know, that, that it was a, why we were in the DOS command line, you know, it was a bit uh, weird. And I didn't, I was a kid, I didn't know what it was, you know. And then Windows <laughs> popped up and you could take the mouse and click around and just it became a magical machine that you could do all of stuff. You know? And uh, within a few weeks, I remember, I think I used the, uh, I can't remember if it was Publisher Award, one of the two to create some birthday card. And we were, I was printing them on the school printer. It was fun, you know. <laughs> I kind of, uh, and then a few months later, something amazing happened. They got the first Windows 95 Pantheon at school. Oh, boy. And that was... <laughs> Yeah, you know, everyone was fighting to get the Windows 55 machine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and a week later again, they got internet. So I remember we, we spent with the teacher for a full evening trying to put it online. Back then, I didn't understand anything about hyperlinks. So basically, I remember I was on the landing page for Internet Explorer and I clicked stuff and just, wow, it's, there's lots of stuff all over. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and that's basically how I became a Windows fan because, you know, in my mind, it was a machine that made amazing stuff, you know. And eventually I got my own PC at home and I got internet connection. And I do apologize to my parents for the fees they got the first few months before we got <laughs> internet. Uh, I do apologize boy. to that. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, uh, I remember I had a, a, a game I really liked. Maybe you know about it. It was Little Big Adventure. It was, I think, relentless in the US. It was a French game, so maybe not that none, but it would what, only what, one. What was it? Maybe it's a different title here. I think it's Relentless. Relentless in the US. <laughs> uh, twin, twin Sun Sundale? No? Don't, don't be I haven't one. played it, but I'm I sure people that are listening. Okay, fine. Uh, it's a French game, so maybe not that well known, but it would only run on MS DOS, and I remember trying to install it, and I broke up completely the Windows partition. Oh, no. <laughs> <And> it was... <laughs> wow. It was the first time I needed to reinstall it, you know, I created creating a boot disk and uh, installing Windows 98 again. This, so is like, this is like installing an insider build today where everything, one little mess of a thing can break the whole operating system. See, but then, here's the question. Here's the question. How did you figure out how to fix it? Because, I mean, now we can go to like YouTube or you can go to your phone yeah. to like get information. <laughs> but if you have your computer's your only thing and you break it, <laughs> yeah, you but basically, you know, they uh, back then they they gave her, gave you a, a MS-DOS boot disk with the, your computer and right. you put it's it on the computer yeah. and then basically it said uh, type one to uh, type one to add super CD-ROM support and you did that you put CD-ROM and it started into the Windows installer from there so it was not that hard but I learned a lot you know by breaking stuff <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, well eventually from that I've started to be interested in beta stuff the first Windows beta I installed was the Windows XP beta I think and uh, well, uh, from there on, afterward, eventually I kept wanting to try new stuff. And uh, from I think from uh, Windows Vista Beta One, which are still long gone, built I think five some five thousand something. All I've always used the lastest beta on Windows on my machine, all the way since 2005. Wow. Leaked of uh, official every time there was a new build, I found it and I installed it and I used that one for the videos. <laughs> so wow. it's been a long journey. Yeah, um, it has. That is, and that is only the phone, the, the PC side. On the phone side, you know, I used to have an old Motorola phone and I didn't really care about phone back then because I had reads about Windows Mobile and I did want Windows Mobile too, you know. <laughs> 
I eventually got my first HTC, I think maybe Typhoon and Windows uh, Mobile 2003 in the late in uh, 2004, something like that. And eventually, you know, I moved up to Windows Mobile 5, 6, Windows Phone 7, 8, 8, 1, uh, all the way to Windows 10 Mobile. And uh, well, I finally got my first ever non Microsoft phone uh, in 2018, which is quite late. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got that for a while. They, they kicked me out, you know. They I had to turn off the light. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved to Android. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So, this is for the, my Windows phone. On the, on the personal part, my uh, professional life, at first, you know, I didn't really want to do, um, to do things with computer because I saw it as a hobby. But, you know, uh, so I did uh, math studies and things like that. But eventually... I found, I found math boring and I eventually uh, moved back to uh, more computer side stuff. And nowadays I work at uh, Decathlon. You know, I think you maybe know about it in the US, a bit smaller than in Europe, I think, but it's a sport brand, uh, Decathlon. What is it one more time? Decathlon. Decathlon. Yes. Huh. It's a sport brand. There's not many stores in the US, there's a few, but it's mostly European for so far. But basically, uh, I, uh, I work in the IT team there, managing the systems that. Uh, that uh, send parcel toward customer, you know, because you, you wouldn't think, uh, you would think it's easy, but it's not, it's a complete mess. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now where everyone is shopping online yes, and like you yes, have a million yes. orders coming in each day because you can't go to physical retail stores. And he's talking about Decathlon, which is a, it's a French sporting goods retailer, but they do have some locations here in the U.S. Um, few, and they few, sell... Yes. 10,000 products across 80 different sports. It's kind of like Models or um, Bob's sports stores here in the USA. Yeah, it's a, it's a big French company, but it's uh, I, I know about it because I I, man I manage the Google Cloud servers, and I see the US does not have much. There's not many orders there compared to Europe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, that said, uh, why don't you talk to us about uh, what's going on today at Microsoft? I know you're like me. You have uh, Surface headphones on right now, and yeah. you just bought uh, Surface headphones too. So what are your thoughts on Microsoft's latest round of uh, Surface hardware? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of hardware. I mean, I feel like ever since Surface Pro 3, I mean, Surface Pro 1 and 2 were basically beta products in my mind, but ever since 3, it's incremental update. I mean, right. it's a bit better each time, but you don't have to buy the new one whenever it's ready. It's the same with Surface X4. And if you have the first one, you don't need the two or the two plus. It's just a, a bit of a, a bit extra. My, my sadly, my uh, Surface X4 one was stolen in my car two weeks ago, so I needed to buy uh, the two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, never 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 leave your IC stuff in your car. Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good good advice. Good tip. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel they really make great products, great creative products. They last a long time. I mean, I still uh, rock my Surface Pro 4 on my, uh, which is still perfectly good and usable on the latest build. I mean, it's like five or six years old. Oh, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but the only thing I would uh, say is a bit uh, sad is the prices because um, yeah. well, remember back in the early days, you, you still had I think until Surface 3, you still had a bit of a low-cost alternative. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's starting to get uh, higher and higher. I feel like the low cost from today is basically the high cost from six years ago, you know? Yeah, just, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's weird. There, uh, I was noticing that too, especially when they announced the Surface laptop. 
that um, while we see it as like, oh, a starting price of like eight ninety nine is like pretty awesome. Uh, you know, they're the best one, the one that you want to use is still pretty pretty expensive. And uh, it seems like every time they introduce a new piece of hardware or an update, you would think that they would, you know, shift the prices down for other inventory, but they just get rid of it. It's like, oh, we don't have Surface, we don't have any Surface Pro sixes or or fives anymore. Instead of just saying like, here's Surface Pro five for five hundred bucks, like Apple kind of does, where they like keep yeah. older stuff and they shift the price down. Microsoft's like, oh, we'll just get rid of it, and you got to get the new one. And yeah, they'll they'll just in, they'll just introduce like a, a a dumbed down model like the laptop Go, which doesn't support the pen and has a low resolution screen, mm. and then the Surface Go two, which has a really good processor and and a really good screen, but there are there are some limits of what you could do with it. I think they're still in the. I mean, we say this now, being what is it, almost ten years or something of hardware making with the 2013, so uh, about nine years of making hardware. That they still, I don't think they've gotten the manufacturing down like Apple does, where they can just right. churn out stuff and and know exactly which price points to like aim at. I think they're still like, oh, we want to be the high end, and we want to maintain that. And every time they come out with a new product, it's always the high end one. Plus, I mean, they also have. Uh, all the other all their partners to keep in mind too so they have to like mm. price around dell hp asus lenovo acer and stuff like that so that they can come in and look like heroes like oh we can get an acer <laughs> yeah, 15 yeah, inch yeah. laptop for like 300 bucks let's go get that one instead yeah uh, i think it's uh it's uh, especially an issue with the the phone the surface uh, uh Oh, my mind went back. Duo? The, the duo, duo, the duo, yeah. yeah. I, keep, I keep messing in my mind Duo and Neo, you know, kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the Duo, I feel, is uh, the price is really an issue there because uh, Surface Pro 4, I bought it six years ago. It still runs the latest Windows uh, updates. There's no issue. If I buy a Surface Duo for like, uh, how much is it uh, right now in the US? $1,200. Yeah. I think it's come down close to, I mean, you could probably get another carrier for like a thousand bucks now. Still. Way too much. Still, still, but I mean, two years from now, there won't be any update anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's and, true. And I feel like for that price, it's too much for me. I mean, I would not, I would buy a Surface laptop or the or Pro because I can use it for like ten years, pretty much. But if the battery lasts, but a phone, a phone that expensive that will be basically out of date in two years, I feel it's too much for me. I, I can't justify that spending. Well, and it doesn't even come with like the baseline things that most phones have now. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't, mm -hmm. you still don't have waterproofing. You don't have five G. You don't have uh, what's the other thing? QI, I mean, the camera, QI charging. QI charging. The, the wireless charging. I mean, I, again, these are all things that are nice for us to have. I don't know how many people use it, but it's still like you know, you can get a, a Nokia for like five hundred bucks, and it has all that stuff and like a crazy long battery and stuff like that. So I think. You know, to say like, hey, here's fourteen hundred dollars, and we're going to take stuff away from you. It's it's really tough. Yeah, just um, but I really wish if someone offered me one, I would use it. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely. If someone were we like, had, psst, psst, you want to do I'd be like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> we had like a, a guest on last week who's all about the duo and who was like a really big enthusiast with the Surface Duo. Yeah, it, it, I mean the, the the sad part is is like. Like you said, they make great hardware and it lasts for a long time. So the hardware will last. He he loves the hardware. It's the software, the experience that is mm -hmm. like he's having an issue with. I think a lot of people are too. And I think it's because it's not Windows. They're having to work sort of with Android. Um, 
they also just haven't had a great track record in mobile as far as nailing, you know, the experience. I think all those things combined for $1,400 is probably like a wait and see thing for like maybe this year. Maybe this year they come out with more options, more colors, more configurations that will have different pricing for people to kind of jump into. Well, with Microsoft, with Microsoft, I feel like very often you have to wait for version two or three to be three. to be safe to buy to be safe to buy yes yes three right <laughs> Surf, Surface Pro three, uh, yeah, yeah. Surface Laptop three like these are you know some of these three things uh, Windows you know, I, ten I, mobile. <laughs> I bought I, I bought a Surf uh, no it was a Microsoft Band one I should have waited for three you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah. <laughs> which never <laughs> happened which never yeah, exactly, happened exactly exactly. <laughs> That's All right, but uh, that that said, do you have a favorite Microsoft product? I know you talked about your Surface Pro 4. Uh, that is, um, well, hardware-wise, not really, I think. I mean, I can cheat a bit and go on the Nokia side, and I would say that the Lumium 800 was my favorite Windows device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had, I had a great Magenta uh, polycarbonate uh, uh, Lumia 800. Yeah. I mean, it looks fantastic. I mean, it looks... Uh, Colorful, fun, and uh, it was not that expensive back then, so just yeah. uh, really amazing for me. But yeah, I think uh, mine was the 920. Uh, I was a 920 guy when I think I got that one in white or whatever, but it was amazing. Like, yeah, but I, I think in the US, you didn't have much of Windows Phone 7 because right. I, think the, I think the Lumia 800 was really for Europe only, and you get the you get the 900 a few months later, right before right. Windows Phone 8 arrived. I do remember the, the do you remember the smartphone beta test is over thing? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh man, that didn't last. <laughs> no, no, they just. Mm. Well, um, we were just talking about that because uh, they, they came up with the uh, design. What is it? The, the new design advertising that they have about Surface, designed by. Uh, original, original, was, original by design. It's a new commercial oh, they have, yes. but it's really cool. Um, it kind of takes a little bit after Apple's, but it's so much better than like those old Windows phones and the old yes. Surface ones where people are like dancing and flashing colors everywhere. And people were like, what did I just watch? This one is, <laughs> it, it, you know, it kind of shows people using the hardware. Like it shows people using the Duo, using a Surface Pro, using a Surface Book. So, I mean, it gives you a little bit more than those old Windows phones where the beta test yeah. is over. Yeah, of course. But still, I like the colors. I, I miss the colorful things. You know, I, yeah. understand it's not, I understand it's not the same public. They want to to be professional right now, so they need to stay on that side of design. But I felt like Nokia stuff was fun. Uh, well, that was that was the issue. The crazy thing is that, like, because it's polycarbonate, you didn't have to use a case. I mean, you could if you wanted to. They were a little thicker, but uh, you didn't have to. And the colors you could show off. If you wanted to cover it up with a case, you can. I feel like all the phones are super thin now. It never puts them in a case anyway. Apple comes out with like seven different colors, and people usually get of those seven, they'll get like three. They'll get the black, the white, and maybe whatever the mm-hmm. color is for that year. But they won't get blues. They won't get you know reds or anything like that. And if they do, put a case on it. So why are why are phone mm-hmm. manufacturers not you know mm-hmm. coming up with a new color each year and saying like oh, if you like it, put a case. On, I mean, if you don't like it, put a case on it. But uh, just maybe to go back on topic, I think so my favorite Microsoft product, one hundred percent Microsoft, might have been Zoom. You know. Oh, Zoom. <laughs> Zoom HD. Zoom HD. Yeah. Very okay. underrated. Very underrated yeah. product. You know, the gapless playback back then it was amazing. And also it introduced uh, to the mass the Metro UI. And uh, to me, this still is one of the most amazing yeah. UI ever designed. I mean, I love uh, Windows 8 with this. I know a lot of people hate Windows 8, but I loved it with the yeah. ties, the active corners, the hubs, you know, that where you could uh, all get all your information there. I feel like they killed it before people really understood 
what how it works, you know. Uh, maybe Microsoft didn't do a good job explaining. I remember, you know, when you install Windows 8, it was like a five second thing to telling a click active corner to find your stuff. Yep. And then, poop, you blink it and you miss it, you know, kind of. Uh, so it uh, dumped you into a new UI with, new, uh, with no explanation whatsoever. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt, I felt they, um, they, they could have handled that way better and uh, it could have been much more, much more successful than it was. Yeah, I agree. Well, I wondered like if the issue was that on desktop, on a 16 by nine screen, or you know whatever your screen is, it's easier to to see more when you scroll. Um, you know, as opposed to your you know on your phone, you have your thumb, you have you know a 4.5 five point inch screen, and people were just getting annoyed by having to scroll when we. I guess the nature of scrolling was up and down. If they've turned the zoom. Uh, software to scroll up and down natively to scroll, you know, information like that. I wonder if yeah. it would have lasted a little better than side by side. Uh, and they even had Windows Phone 7 and 8 back then, so they could have done something uh, something unified with uh, vertical or horizontal. I mean, it's a kind mm -hmm. of a, it's a the board there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wood it could is in, in Windows yeah, Phone. Of course. <laughs> yeah, well, what Windows do you what do you think about Windows 10 and Windows 10X and the software? You you mentioned you like software more than you like the hardware. So what are your thoughts on Microsoft's current software and what they're doing with Windows? Well, that's very good and they are so awesome. <laughs> like always. Uh, let's start with the good. I mean, with, with the Windows 10, I think it's amazing because it goes back to what Windows NT was supposed to be at first. If you go back to the root of Windows NT in the 90s, Microsoft wanted to do a, uh, an operating system that would run everything. It would run Windows app, uh, DOS apps, OS2 apps, Linux apps. And uh, basically, I feel like after many years where they uh, made it Windows only, I mean, they completely disregarded the fact that NT was capable of running other stuff. They put it in the background and didn't use it at all. And it's finally back, back with revenge, really, because uh, there's a Windows subsystem for Linux. There's uh, all the bridge they created to uh, push, uh, pull uh, Android and iOS apps to, oh no, oh, no Android, sorry, it just never came out, <laughs> to push, uh, pull our iOS apps to uh, to Windows 10. Also the fact that they are trying to make it uh, with the Visual Studio and the platform to develop for all OS as well. Yeah. I feel like they're really positioning it to, uh, to work the, uh, the multi-purpose, multi-purpose uh, multi OS that everyone can use, whether you're a dev or a basic user or web uh, user, for web users, I mean, they are pushing a lot with PWE right now, uh, P -P sorry, PWA, of, uh, uh, making them web apps almost as uh, native as the real native apps. I mean, yep. they're they are connecting them to the shell, to the share control, lots of things. I mean, they're already trying to make it, no matter what type of apps you write, it will be able to, be, to run on Windows 10, and no matter what kind of... Uh, a device you're targeting, if you're dev, you can use Windows 10 for development. And I think that is amazing. It's back to what Windows should have been from the start. And uh, that is very good. But uh, on the other side, there's still a bit of a leftover mess from the Windows 8 days. I mean, back when they started, yeah. you know, created Metro UI and the, and the uh, WinRT uh, apps. Uh, basically, I remember this was weird. In the Windows 8 beta, they started to uh, update the uh, the shell UI. The Win uh, started to shell UI to match a bit of uh, the new uh, WinRT Metro apps, and then 
before release, they reverted it to Windows, the Windows set thing, and it stays like this on that name that for now, I mean, people have been complaining about that for, for years, but we have a bit of a mess where some of some still, some stuff still look like Windows set, uh, 7, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, some stuff still still look like Windows 7, some stuff looks from uh, from like Windows 8, some stuff looks like from uh, when they started with Windows 10, and now there's a fluent design on top of that, and it's kind of a mishmash of um, a lot of stuff. But they're changing, and, uh, they're changing icons yes, to try and make yes, it look yes. nicer and more, but, more together. But finally, I believe like since last year when Panaspanet took over Windows, Windows uh, development, I think he just said, no, no, let's stop that. Let's just do something clean. Right. And we are seeing this right now with uh, WinUI and uh, Project Reunion, which will merge the uh, uh, UWP WinRT side with the Win32 side. And I think that finally trying to um, to uh, unify Windows UI into something way more coherent. So we are going to write the actions there, but still have uh, one big complaint yet that is that they completely disregarded tablets. Yeah, I used yeah. I used to love use my Surface on uh, Windows 8 on tablet mode, but I don't bother anymore. It's so so bad with Windows 10. It's just uh, there's no point with tablet mode right from time being. So I wish sometime in the future I would maybe do something again with that. I can uh, I can only up. <laughs> so is that is that the one thing that you want to change at Microsoft? If you could change, if you were Satya Nadella and you could change one thing at Microsoft, what would you change? Uh, I think I would change communication. <laughs> really? Yes, because let's be honest, Microsoft has never been good at communication, and they are not they're not getting any better, sadly. <laughs> I mean, even for the future of Windows, even as an insider MVP, we are not we feel that they don't want to give away too much, you know, and in public, it's even worse. For example, let's talk about Sun Valley. We all know it exists. We all, all right, know something yeah. major is coming, but they won't. You will not ever find someone at Microsoft admitting that something is being done. You know, it's just uh, we don't. They, they don't want to talk about it. I think maybe they've been burned before. I don't remember. Uh, sorry, do you remember in the back when they uh, they had announced a, a new Windows version for Spring, and then uh, there was a huge debate on Twitter whether. Uh, it was uh, the, the, the calendar spring or another version of spring, of, of spring and kind of... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so I think now they are very scared of giving deadlines because they are scared that people will uh, will uh, hold them to the deadline. And so they would rather not say anything. So, But I feel like it's a bit sad because it could uh, be better. But that's not all of Microsoft. I mean... For example, the Edge team is very good with that. The Edge team have a lot of uh, timetables. I say in the next version what they want to do, two versions from now. And I wish other teams would work uh, like this. That's that's a good point. Yeah, and no, I agree. I think we've all, at least the three of us, have had at some point talked about communication. I've, I've write, written constantly about yep. uh, their lack of communication or their efforts to be better at communicating and to fail, things like that, because I feel like with this... With as much communication as you have, I think people will be more forgiving yes. than when you just throw something at them and say, here it goes. And they're like, well, <sighs> I didn't know this was coming or or I had no time for this. Or And when it does show up and it kind of changes things or affects things that they're used to, then they're like, well, get this out of here. And now Microsoft <laughs> is like, oh, we didn't do it right. Do, do you remember when they uh, when they moved all of Windows uh, to uh, from Redstone 2 to the new version Redstone 3? And they moved yeah. uh, Windows 1 to Redstone 2 Future 2, I think. 
on everyone of Twitter was like, "You're killing Windows Phone." And they were like, "No, <laughs> nothing is happening, nothing whatsoever." Don't, don't disregard that. It's just something internal. We are not killing Windows 10 Mobile. And then two months later, we're killing Windows 10 Mobile. Because of the <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, so, I know it's tough to be like, we're going to deprecate a, a product. And again, there you go. Use the word deprecate and let people know that there's a timeline for this to like be over. Like We're going to shift technologies. Yeah, we're going to yeah. take it in Windows 10 and move it over to you know, a sync feature and the new version of Windows, but Windows 10 Mobile will no longer be a thing and we're going to, yeah, you know, just, we're giving you uh, a year to kind of work on that versus like, oh, no, things are perfect. Like, apps are coming, people are signing up left and right, and just don't buy the next phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, feel like, it feels even worse because we all in the Windows community, we all know the truth, you know. We, we know. <laughs> and they just, sometimes they just pretend this stuff like this. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I, couldn't, I don't think you could have said it better. Communication is probably going to be like, whenever we ask people this question, I think they're usually going to say something along those lines. Either that or better hardware. And I don't know how they could say that. <laughs> well, uh, that, that said, that's our last question for you. So if you have anything you want to add, or like tell mm -hmm. our viewers and our listeners where they could find you or where they could listen to you or where they could find out more about you, uh, now's your chance. Uh, the floor is yours. Yes. Yes, yes. So my, uh, I'm mostly active on Twitter. So I'm French, but I mostly tweet in English because, well, you reach a way modern audience <laughs> like this. Huh? Let's say so. My Twitter handle is uh, flobo09. So F L O B O O nine. Pretty easy to find. And uh, well, I'm also very active in our French podcast, uh, lifestyle podcast. But uh, most of you will probably not be able to understand it. So <laughs> it's pretty sad. <laughs> And I'm also uh, I'm also doing a cool project right now with them. We are doing a history of Microsoft thing. We are doing for uh, lots of one hour of podcast video on YouTube. And uh, every time we uh, go a bit forward into the timeline, you know, we started in 1975. Right now we're in the late 90s, but sadly it's in French as well. I'm sorry. So I'm not <laughs> no, sure much cool. people will be able to enjoy it, but uh, there's 10 episodes of it already, 10 hours of it. So we, uh, we are going slow, but it's fun. <laughs> Maybe maybe people will learn French. That I know there are a lot of international or people of uh, different uh, nationalities that have learned English by watching like TV. So maybe yeah. you'll teach some people some French. I did. <laughs> I did. Oh, there you go. You know, I was a. Uh, it was a uh, mostly Stargate. You know, Stargate in French was too, <laughs> yeah. too, too uh, was too season light. I wanted to do, to know if Daniel Jackson would come back. So I kind of <laughs> started watching the I started oh, watching man. the UK version. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think this that way. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, thanks so much, Florian. Uh, we appreciate you having you on. Uh, you're, uh, you are a man of knowledge, just like how we are. Uh, it's so Thank awesome you. to be able to talk to a fellow Microsoft team and a fellow Microsoft fan. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you for your time, man. And uh, we look we look forward to like hopefully having you back on uh, sometime down the road. We'll talk about some stuff, maybe some stuff after build or uh, yeah, maybe some sure. that they have. I'd be happy to come back. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, that was our interview with Florian. Uh, again, we are, you know, blessed to have him come on the show uh, and talk to us and everybody about his uh, his journey, a very long journey, uh, to where he is today and how he's become uh, an MVP and how the Insider programs work and, you know, just his whole, you know, 
lust for Microsoft things and his enthusiasm for the company, its products, and its software. And as we always say, uh, I think with every interview we have, everyone talks about the communication level with Microsoft. <laughs> so uh, again, if <laughs> we're thankful for him to come on and we're glad you guys uh, sat through that. And now we're going to get on to the news. Yeah, why don't you get us started with the big news of the week, which was the Surface Laptop 4, uh, Surface Headphones 2, and Microsoft Modern Accessories. I know you're always hyped for pump, let me say pump, for new Microsoft things. Yeah, so get us started. Tell us what's new in Surface Laptop 4. Just like Panos, I am pumped uh, about the Surface Laptop 4, which we got confirmation that uh, it will be coming with uh, Intel and its XE graphics and uh, AMD versions is uh, just kind of like we'd all kind of predicted. It has a new color, which I believe is ice blue. A lot of us were saying cobalt, uh, me in particular, so get mad at me if, if that's where you were misled. Uh, the ice blue uh, is nice. It looks like a, a shimmier version of, of the uh, gray one that they have. But hey, you know, I guess this is supposed to be for commercial and consumer use. Um, and then we also got, I think we got uh, the 13-inch and the 15-inch were unveiled. Again, like I said, 11th Gen Core i5, i7 CPUs with XE graphics. Or, again, if you want, I think there's a breakout between the difference between Intel and AMD, but they're saying for the consumer version, more likely, you're going to uh, an AMD Ryzen 4000 Surface Edition processor with integrated Radeon graphics. Uh, there's still no dedicated GPU option, which is, you know, I guess to be expected if they're going to be coming out with a Surface book three four surface book three yeah surface book four we had laptop three and book three i think it's surface book four anyway uh i think they're going to leave the dedicated gpu stuff for that pc which can handle a little better it has a little more uh, room for ventilation stuff like that unlike the uh laptops uh which are uh, the chassis are kind of small and the fans are placed elsewhere (laughs) Um, what Microsoft is promising is up to 19 hours. This is, I believe, for the 13.5-inch version, usually uh, with the uh, AMD Radeon processor. Now, again, that's AMD throttles a lot, so take that with a grain of salt. But we're expecting better battery life out of both these versions. Uh, the Surface Laptop 4 was started at about $9.99. Uh, that's for the base model of 13.5-inch uh, with 6-core AMD Ryzen 5 GPU, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and a 256 uh, gigabytes of storage. Uh, you can talk about the Intel one if you like. Yeah, the uh, 13.5 inch Intel models, interestingly enough, are more expensive than the AMD Ryzen models, which I don't understand. Why are they pricing Intel more than AMD? Maybe it could be related to the uh, chip shortages or something, but the 13.5 Intel Core i5 model with 8 gigabytes of RAM and 512 uh, gigabytes of storage is $1,300. And the 15-inch Surface Laptop 4 will start at $1,300 for the AMD model with a 6-core Ryzen 5 GPU, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and 256 gigabytes of storage. And the Intel models will start at $1,799 for Core i7 models with 16 gigabytes of RAM and 512 gigabytes of storage. And that is one of the top-end models. And I think for the first time, Microsoft is introducing 32 gigabytes of RAM in the Surface laptop line, which I don't think anyone will need. Why would you, what would you be doing with so much RAM anyway? Well, this is leading me to my next uh, topic, uh, aside from the accessories, is that Microsoft has a breakdown of the difference between the AMDs and the Intel versions. And they basically 
label it. I mean, it's it's a cool thing. They, they have, I think it's Microsoft Mechanics or whatever is a YouTube channel where they kind of go over this in detail. They also have a docs page that goes over the, I don't know, 20 or so different SKUs for each, uh, for the between the two laptops uh, and the processors. But they break it down as uh, the Microsoft uh, Intel version is basically for people who are doing research uh, who uh-huh. need, uh, you know, uh, High level or lots, lots of uh, calculations, things of that nature. Basically, uh, which, who need the XE graphics and that extra boost? And that extra boost in, in processing performance, which is probably why they charge a little bit more. The AMD version they're pitching as for the creatives. Uh, they, you know, because AMD has uh, their GPUs uh, are a little different uh, than the Intel ones, and they're made for uh, moving pixels around on the screen a little better. So again, for for those of you who are going to be doing video editing. Uh, again, these are what they label them as. I think uh, early reviews are saying that there's really an insignificant difference between the two, but that's how they label them. AMD, consumer-ish, uh, and Intel <laughs> researcher, you know, more uh, medical institutes kind of usage and things of that nature. What about Surface head to Headphones 2 Plus? I know I have Surface Headphones 2, but what's the difference between Surface Headphones 2 and Surface Headphones 2 Plus? Uh, one is your average music and, you know, listening enjoyment headphones. And from what I can tell, the Surface Plus 2 are these new, uh, I guess, built for uh, office use <laughs> type headphones. It's weird. They have, I mean, there is the actual difference. Um, they're like team maybe, certified, I think, is the big difference for one. Well, they're teams for, yeah, and they actually have a dedicated teams button on the, the headphone itself, so. Uh, that's the big thing. Uh, so you can kind of tell who your cool friends are from your dorky office friends. Just look for the button. <laughs> <laughs> and it also has a dongle as well, rather than a Bluetooth. Yeah, I believe that they can still do Bluetooth too, though, can't they? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to check and follow up on that. But the dongle is obviously for office use and to make yeah. sure that there aren't any issues in communication. Uh, sometimes Bluetooth can cut out. Uh, it can be finicky. Uh, not every... Uh, office workstation surprisingly in 2021 has a Bluetooth connection. I actually have a computer at work that has uh, it doesn't have a Bluetooth uh, 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 support in, in the, right. in the yeah. device itself. So I have to plug it in uh, through a USB monitor. So this is again for those people who are in offices that can't make use of Bluetooth. You can still get the great noise cancel. I don't know if it's I don't even I think the noise canceling. You can still the great noise canceling, the great audio, um, but you can plug it in. Yeah, and I just checked the product listing page, and you are correct. It does have Bluetooth support. Um, without the, uh, if you don't want to use the dongle, you could use Bluetooth if you want to, and it's Bluetooth 5.0, just to be certain. Yeah, so you won't get any latency between your team's video and what you're saying on the screen, which is amazing. Uh, but again, for those of you who, you know, maybe one don't want to have to f with batteries you don't want to deal with batteries <laughs> and you just want the audio you know say you didn't charge it the night before and you have a long three-hour teams meeting you can plug it in get your usb power as well from that but enough about that let's talk about these new accessories which i think i'm have hyped for because we do a podcast and we use a webcam and we use microphones and we use speakers and this is something that <laughs> we use microsoft, all this stuff yeah microsoft is finally listening to our feedback and is getting ready to release all these new accessories that will make our podcast even better. Yeah, starting off, we have our, our Microsoft Modern Webcam, which looks, I'm saying it now, it looks like a Logitech cam. Uh, <laughs> maybe they partnered with them or talked about it, but it will be coming in at $69.99. Uh, it has a 1080p sensor, 
uh, which should be good enough for most uh, things, as long as it's over 720p, which you know we were getting for like the longest times. Uh, will support HDR, uh, has autofocus as well as TrueLook technology, providing audio or uh, pr- providing auto white balance, auto light adjusting, and facial retouching. Uh, again, these are all the things that I think there's support of Teams. It, uh, these are software things in, in Teams that you can carry around as well, uh, and I believe in Zoom as, as well. So these cameras should. Um, give you all of the benefits of those uh, meeting softwares. Yeah, and what about the speaker? That was the the, the interesting thing. I don't think we have, we didn't hear much about that, but they have this little, uh, I believe it's a USB connecting speaker, uh, which should help pump out audio and sh- I believe should allow you to, and if you're in a room with other people, uh, pick up their voices uh, and get full audio out of that as well. I believe the speaker is... Let me 100. See. It costs $100. And yeah. there's no there's no mention of Cortana or Alexa or anything in it. I, I believe it's just a little thing that you could plug into your computer and then get quick access to Teams. and to Kind of like those desk phones that people have in the office. It's like designed to plug into your computer and then get access to Teams and like boost your audio experience. And this it, too has a dedicated Teams yeah, button, so again, yeah. you can tell your cool friends from your dorky friends if it isn't <laughs> obvious from the plugged-in thing. But again, uh, it's uh, we'll have to hopefully we can get a, a review unit to see how the audio is because obviously this is its main purpose. But uh, from what I can tell, it should be ha- it should have some uh, decent far-field microphones. Again, I think this is intended to uh, be able to pick up multiple voices in a in a room small area also pump out audio uh, loud enough so that you're not having to listen it from just your laptop itself and you don't have to keep leaning and saying repeat that (laughs) i know we talked about surface headphones 2 plus but i mean that's going to be priced like uh around probably 250 or 300 dollars but they do have something more affordable which is not surface branded but they're called the microsoft modern usb and Microsoft Modern Wireless Headsets, which are both certified for Teams. They have a dedicated Teams button on it, a physical mute button, and an LED indicator. And they will both start shipping in June with prices starting at $50 for the USB model. So basically, it is a lot like the Xbox wireless headset in terms of the design, but uh, it's more toned down for business use. Yeah, I think it comes in black, has a... Has a uh... A mic that's atta- a microphone attached to the ear cup itself. Uh, it looks it looks like a hybrid between these the Surface headphones and the Xbox uh, headphones as well. So maybe they took some old parts from both and Frankenstein a, a new headset for themselves. <laughs> All right, enough about Surface. Let's move on to Windows 10, which is everyone else's favorite topic. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so Microsoft is making some changes to Windows timeline in the most recent Windows Insider dev branch bill i think it's one two not one two two one three five nine for -hmm. windows insiders in the dev channel uh users who use a personal microsoft account will no longer be able to upload new activity in timeline though people who are using azure active directive accounts or what is it aad is the short term for it will be able to still use timeline as is so what's going on here are they killing off windows timeline I believe I think we should have on this podcast like a, a, a timelines like little ticker at the bottom, like this many days until it gets killed off or something. Because <laughs> this is sort of what Microsoft does is when they start to deprecate something, uh, they won't say it out loud. Uh, just kind of like we said in our interview, um, they there needs to be communication here. Uh, I know that the you know the interesting part is that 
we're all, you know, a lot of people are getting upset at the fact that Timelands is about to go away in certain aspects, but it was kind of a redundant system to begin with. The technologies have all been used elsewhere. Like, I believe it's in, like, um, the Microsoft Launcher. It's in the uh, um, uh, Edge itself. Like, these are all things that, you know, when you hop into your system, you don't need to necessarily look at Timeline in order to get back to where you're at. The, the biggest fault of Timeline was that we never got dev support for the cool apps that you were using. So, if you know, I use the comic book app a lot. Um, and I could go on a timeline and jump straight into the last page I was on in my comic, right. even though I shut down my machine, which would have been great. Or if Instagram had it like, um, you know, say there was a, a person you followed or, or a company you followed, and you just want to go straight into that stream without having to open up the app and scroll through to find their name and all that stuff. You could find those specific instances. Well, since the app support never showed up in that regard, uh, all the other stuff, which was just like, you know, hopping into Office in specific Excel doc or a specific uh, PowerPoint documentation or going in and finding a specific instance of your browser that you were in, uh, favorites or something like that. You can all do that already. Like you can open up the Office app and go straight into, um, you know, your specific Excel file or you can just open the file explorer. And the same thing with Edge. So as much as it seems like it's going to be a miss not having it sync so far, uh, and eventually when they get rid of it, we're all going to be like, oh, you took something else away from us. Not many people are already using it, and it was sort of redundant to begin with. It looks cool. I, I'm hoping they do something cool with that aspect of the screen, but I don't think we're going to necessarily have a long funeral and procession for Timeline. Officially, their quote date, like everyone started writing the blog post saying Windows Timeline is dead. Like Tom it's not Warren, dead. Tom be, Warren wrote to, yeah. one, and I was about to write one for my other publication. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let me just reach out and hear what's the full story first. And then, like, right afterwards, they updated the blog post and they had this comment that said, All of your local activity history will still remain on Windows 10. So, Timeline is not officially dead. It's just that they're depreciating and removing certain features of it, but it'll still remain in Windows 10 as of now. In, in and, as yeah. of now. And then, and again, it, without that being said, the major thing was the support for phone. I'm assuming, um, because that's the only other thing that connected to Timeline that wasn't on the device itself. So, uh, for those of you who weren't already using it or aren't using the Microsoft Launcher to begin with, this isn't a big loss to you. Uh, maybe for people who are expecting to pick up Surface Duo 2 at some point and sync up their launcher and have all these activities on their uh, desktop, you'll still, again, be able to do this through the Edge browser. And the Edge browser, I believe, just this week, was it? Um, Segway! Segway! <laughs> um, got into their uh, Canary on iOS and Android. So, again, you're getting even more sync abilities and uh, your favorites and your instances of what you're doing on your phone in this. So, while they have taken one, while they're slowly taking one thing away, they're quickly bringing something else to replace it. Yeah, and uh, you segue us into our fourth topic, which is Edge version ninety. Um, yeah. It started rolling out to the stable branch. I think it was on Thursday, but a lot of people are reporting that they're not getting it as of yet. But it it is rolling out, and it'll, it's the first major update to be released following Microsoft's announcement that they're switching to a faster four week release schedule for Edge. And the main new feature in Edge 90 is kids mode. And for my other publication, I had a chance to sit down with an Edge PM and we talked about kids mode. And it is really awesome. As of right now, Edge is now the only major browser that has a kids mode built in where you just toggle to your profile 
and then you click the uh, kids mode button and uh, the browser will switch to full screen and will lock um, kids out from like accessing the taskbar and the start menu and limit them to whatever you put in the settings for them to access. And there are cool themes. Um, I believe Microsoft partnered with Disney on certain themes and um, it's more artful. Um, the PM told me that they may, they wanted to make sure that kids mode does not look like the regular edge does and the edge that your parents would use does. Uh, so it's pretty fancy. It's pretty unique. And it's awesome that Microsoft is trying to push edge further as a solution for kids as well. Yeah, they're doing some amazing things with edge. Um, I think one of the story, the quick one that you know I wrote about, which is kind of tangential to this, is that when they rolled out this, they're also rolling out their uh, Edge Surf game to other oh, browsers. Yeah. 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 Um, again, I, but and I had written about this. It's it's a cool little eight bit game that kind of really was Sky something, Sky something rather, or Ski yeah. something rather, which is what it was based off of, the best based off the Windows game. Uh, the way that this works with the role of Edge ninety is that. And when you start the game, you can go into any URL in any browser, uh, type in the, uh, the the search, and it'll bring up the game. And then for, you know, it'll give you a sample of the game on whatever browser you're using. But if you want to get the full of, full game and unlock the full game, it'll prompt you to use Edge. So if you're on Safari, you can type it in, start playing it for a little bit. If you want to get all the other modes, uh, all the other special abilities, things like that, uh, it'll prompt you to kind of uh, download Edge. And I believe this is just part and parcel with like the way that they're pushing edge and right. you know we've been saying that they make an inroads again they're not a, a behemoth by any any manner but uh they are you know inching incrementally uh better than they were with the original edge with the 8.1 version of edge with windows 7 they're, they're you know they're trying to replace a lot of this uh internet explorer stuff with edge and i think they're doing i think they're doing it the right way yeah, Edge is going to new places and get, always getting new features. It's not linked to big Windows 10 updates like it is, like it used to be. And it's built on Chrome, the same engine that Chrome uses. So Edge is always getting updated, and Microsoft has big things planned for Edge. So download Edge, use Edge, and enjoy Edge. Yeah, and the other last other feature about the rollout was that it got password monitor. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. For, for the version 90, uh, which is, again, it's huge for... Any of us who are, you know, again, Microsoft's been attacked almost relentlessly this this past year, uh, and you know, passwords and, and things that you sign up for are always under attack. So Microsoft, uh, I think Google does this too. Well, they'll alert you when you go log into something that you already used or you already uh, saved a password for, and let you know if this password has been leaked, if it's been tampered with, anything like that, and suggest that you change it. Uh, and so this version of 90 has that. So again, I've been saving a lot of my stuff in Edge. I know uh, was the last pass used to be a place I would go. They made some questionable choices oh, <laughs> two yeah. months ago or something <laughs> like that. And Edge just showed up right at, right on time with this new version. So all the things I've been saving has been in that and in the Authenticator app. So between those two, I've had you know basically moved all my like password management over to those, and it's been doing a great job of monitoring and letting me know like, hey, you know this you have 13 passwords that have been leaked, and we suggest that you change them. And I've gone in and done that. They also have um, an improved history search page that will now understand search terms like news articles from last week or jacket from yesterday. So again. They're listening to feedback from people who are testing the Canary dev and the beta versions of Edge, and they're improving on features that people say they want and people need. And now we go on to our last one, which again has no segue because this is just <laughs> this came out of no this came out of 
left field for all of us, which is Microsoft acquiring Nuance for $19.7 billion, which makes us the, what, uh, third or fourth third largest? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, purchase they've had uh, in recent years. And again, I'll let you take this because I really didn't know what Nuance was until four days ago. So the company, ago. so Microsoft made it official. I mean, there was some rumors going around last week before up until the announcement. I mean, obviously it's probably designed to like tweak with the stocks and get like stock prices going up or whatever. But the announcement itself uh, happened later in the week and it's a 19.75 billion all cash deal. Microsoft is buying the AI software company for, which is what Nuance is. And as part of the deal, uh, Nuance's CEO will remain in his position until the deal closes. And he will be reporting to the EVP of cloud and AI, Scott Guthrie. So if you're not familiar with what Nuance is, it was an early leader in speech recognition software with a Dragon natural speaking products. And then from now on, from that was not early on, but right now, uh, Nuance is all about its um, AI software, which is targeted at healthcare, which is what the press release mentioned. So is Microsoft dipping its feet into the healthcare aspect or are they dipping their feet into the AI aspect? I think they're jumping their whole cannonball body into both uh, pools if they can. Um, obviously, with speech recognition, I know we're all you know, shedding a tear for Cortana. Um, but it's still it's still applicable to um, all all other aspects of uh, privatized communications within companies. You know, you can build your own framework for your own speech recognition tools, and I think that would serve more, more companies more benefit than just having to kind of sync with Cortana. So that's something that they can still provide. Uh, as far as the health part, uh, again, this is like, they're building everything in Azure, and they're wanting people to they they're wanting to ease the uh, pathways to information for everybody. So if they have a database that they can pull from if and they can secure it with, within Azure and hospitals can standardize on this, um, they could be in a really good position uh, with this uh, nuance uh, purchase as well. So now, if, again, if you're Kaiser Permanente or uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, something like that, and you decide to move over to Azure, uh, you'll be able to tap, probably tap into this pool of uh, medical information. Is this like the, how does this rank in list of companies that Microsoft has acquired? I know they did LinkedIn, uh, they did Bethesda. Now there's rumors going around about Discord, but um, nothing nothing has happened with that yet. So where does this rank in terms of Microsoft all-time purchases? Uh, well, that's the crazy thing is that uh, I see this being one of their bigger ones that doesn't get talked about a lot because this is going to be so strictly enterprise commercial uh, venture. LinkedIn has a social aspect. Bethesda has a very social aspect because of the gaming, things like that. Um, Discord, same thing. I mean, uh, a lot of these purchases, are you know, they could be consumer front-facing. This one will be something that uh, I believe that they'll be able to uh, put against like Salesforce things and other companies like that with CRM tools and be able to say like, hey, not only will you get our tool, but you'll be able to have access to this as well. And that's going to be huge for them, uh, which is probably why the price tag is as big as it is. Uh, I see this being, again, a pretty big for them in the future. Uh, to what degree, I'm not sure we'll even know the full scope of that. Uh, maybe they'll talk about it at Build somewhat. Uh, more than likely, probably talking about their next Ignite um, uh, conference as well. Um, LinkedIn was $26.2 billion in 2016. <sighs> and now Nuance is $19.7 billion. So it is up there as number two. 
Yes. Oh, there you go. Number two. What was uh, the Bethesda one then? I think that was around 10 billion, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So it's up there as number two. Okay. Well, there you go. You got our numbers guy. <laughs> so now, uh, time for the week ahead, which um, we don't have a segue for this week because. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, time for the week ahead. And one thing that uh, Kareem hinted at at the top of the show that we'll be doing for the week ahead is uh, my review of the Dell. Ultra Sharp 38 Curve USB-C Hub monitor. Um, I tweeted about it a couple of days ago, and this thing is massive. It's it's like on my desk, and it is the length of my entire desk. But it's like having three monitors in one, and the cur- the way that it's curved, it's so natural, and it's like you don't need to constantly move your head back and forth like you would if you had two monitors on your desk. And it has USB-C, so I just plug my Surface Go 2 right into it, and the monitor itself has an Ethernet port. So the monitor serves as your hub for everything that you need, and it's really awesome. And I can't wait to share my full thoughts with you guys later on next week. Yeah, uh, with that being said, uh, we also will be uh, talking about Edge 90. Even though we got Edge 90, we'll be talking about Edge 91. We're already on to the next thing uh, in the dev branch coming out. Uh, We expect that to be rolling out uh, and see what new features uh, we can all start playing with. Yeah, uh, Microsoft talked about the last um, in the last uh, Dev Channel branch build uh, announcement post. They mentioned that the one from last week on April thirteenth, ninety one point zero point eight five two point zero, is expected to be the penultimate penultimate build before a final one next week. So that's why we're saying keep an eye on next week for Edge ninety one. Yeah, and then we also have Flight Simulator update, which again I'll let you talk about because that was your your baby project. Oh, yeah. Uh, Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator got another big, massive update, and it's a free update, as always. And it adds more detailed landscapes and visual enhancements for France, uh, which is funny because our guest uh, was French, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Now, this is the fourth uh, world update for Flight Simulator since the game launched, and there are previous updates which focused on Japan, UK, and the US. So Flight Simulator is getting big updates. Yeah, and uh, I think that should be it. I, uh, we're expecting to get uh, Surface Laptop in for review, so uh, stay, you know, keep your eyes out for first impressions on that. Uh, I also have some other Lenovo laptops that, uh, you know, ThinkPads that I should be giving some first impressions on as well. So that's me as far as hardware, and I think that should be our impactful, impactful week ahead. Yeah, uh, that's it for us for now. So um, I leave you for the traditional outro as always. Yeah. I am Mindhead1 on Twitter. Uh, that's usually the only place I'm really active on. Uh, again, Mindhead1. Uh, and where can they find you? A Backjourn. Yeah, also on Twitter. And we also would like to give a shout out to our own publication on Microsoft on Twitter. Again, if, if you want news about giveaways, if you have questions, if you want, obviously, if you don't have time to listen to the podcast or go to the visit our full website, Twitter is a great place for uh, headlines of all the news that's going on. Yeah, and that said, uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Hope to see you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah, wear a mask. Uh, keep those vaccinations coming so we could all have a surface event in person. <laughs> all right, everyone. Take care. Bye.